Hi there, and welcome to Tending the Threshold, an eight-part podcast mini-series. I'm your host, Carmen Spaniola. These special edition episodes of the Numinous Podcast feature conversations with my fellow presenters at the Tending the Threshold Conference, an event happening in Ashland, Oregon, on May 26th and 27th, 2018. This extraordinary event is a gathering of change makers, bridge builders, and edge dwellers. It's about relationship, ritual, and revolution. It's an experience of radical togetherness, disruptive social change, and emergent creativity. There will be art, beauty, play, grief, gratitude, conflict, intimacy, and community. In other words, this is not the patriarchy's conventional conference. The container at this unconference will be held by a group of 10 co-facilitators from three countries and many walks of life. The group includes poet and spoken word artist Tanur Ali, conflict engagement and resolution practitioner Aftab Erfan, equity and inclusion consultant Desiree Attaway, clinical psychologist and author Bio Acoma Lafay, social entrepreneur Donnie McClurkin, artist and death doula Rachel Rice, educator, facilitator, and indigenous rights activist Aaron Ortega, videographer and artist Beck Stupak, therapist, ritualist, and conference founder Holly Truler, and myself, Carmen Spaniola. For new listeners, allow me to just briefly introduce myself. I'm a clinical hypnotherapist, a somatic trauma resolution practitioner, and a wilderness guide. As of spring 2018, this show, The Numinous Podcast, has been around for four years and over 100 episodes. And occasionally, I'll do a mini-series focusing on a singular topic. Throughout this mini-series, I'll be hosting conversations with my co-facilitators, exploring the threshold upon which we find ourselves as humans living in these challenging times. I'm asking each guest how they see the threshold and why they feel drawn to gather with others in Ashland to tend the threshold. Rachel Rice is a full-time artist, musician, writer, educator, and death doula. Her work lies at the crossroads of grief, creative expression, death, and magic. Her background is in critical pedagogy and constructivist theory. She spent over 20 years in the classroom as a public school art teacher, as well as in community-based art programs that served primarily at-risk youth, folks with disabilities, and low-income communities. Beck Stupak is an artist, musician, and videographer whose work is based on visioning, ritual, and ecstatic play. Her focus has been on depicting liminal spaces and transporting the viewer into the non-ordinary through the experience of her work. Most recently, she's been exploring the experience of ceremony through a series of drawings that are transformed into wearable prayers. I connected with Rachel and Beck online. So, Rachel, the event that we are co-facilitating in May in Ashland, Oregon, is called Tending the Threshold. And I'm 
hoping you can describe how you see the threshold at which we stand as humans living in these times. Mm, thank you. Um, I think that we're, I think that we're in a place of reckoning and um, a place of kind of trying to figure out where our limits might lie and how to, how to create the most beauty we can with what we have. Um, I saw something about, you know, there's only 26 letters in the English alphabet, but we get like all of Audre Lorde, you know, that there's this beauty in sort of knowing um, how, how things have a beginning, a middle and an end, um, how they have a situation in time and space that's relational, um, and how we, how we really need to come to grips with have we gone too far in certain ways? And, and can we go further in these other ways that we haven't tried yet? Um, and so that's how I sort of see this threshold that we're kind of talking about in this event, you know, this, this place of um, figuring out where the edges of things are so that we know what shape we're dealing with and sort of coming to grips with what that might be, you know, in a, in a, in a rather kind of radical way. Mm -hmm. you know, in, that, in that we're looking at the roots of, of, of the things and trying to, trying to understand um, how, it got, how we got here, you know, before we can maybe say, what are we going to do about it? Mm -hmm. Well said. I, I appreciate that. And so, Beck, I'm curious, how would you describe the threshold? Same question for you. And I think that we are in a unique time Right now, I think everybody, there's a collective sense of that. Um, my own personal take on it is that it is a time where we are really called to step up um, and to connect with whatever um, our, our healing medicine is um, in our own personal and unique ways. Um, how do we actually, I think that um, if you have any sensitivity at all, you are very tuned into this kind of ravenous, like world-consuming energy that seems to have taken a hold of um, the minds of the people, the kind of state of the planet. And again, if you have any kind of sensitivity, you're you're searching for like, how can I help? How can I actually be a part of the solution? How can I live in hope um, when all of the messaging around me is of hopelessness? Um, and for me personally, I find that it's also like, how do I just kind of get my body into a vibration that is a hopeful one? How do I um, actually kind of like have my nervous system understand joy when um, so much of it is triggered with fear? Mm -hmm. so uh, can you say that? Can you say that again? A lot of my personal work is geared toward that. It's like, how do I get my nervous system aligned with joy? How do I share that with others um, in my immediate circle? How do I share that with others beyond my immediate circle? Mm. Can you talk a bit about your professional work as an artist and how would you describe your work with art and music? Um, and I'd say that my art um, when I was younger was really about sort of discovering mystery and alluding to the idea of mystery and of um, secret energies beyond our kind of immediate perception. 
Um, and that has now shifted to a place of like, how do I tap into, um, how do I tap into kind of like a divine energy? How do I tap into a spirit that will fulfill me um, in a way that other people can connect to so that they can also learn for themselves, how do they connect to a divine energy? Um, and to, again, something that will put them in a state of peace, in a state of healing, in a state of um, power so that they can then go on to, to help other people. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Very cool. Thank you. Uh, Rachel, I'm very curious how uh, you are currently describing your work as an artist, specifically uh, how you're pulling in dying and death and the, the act and perhaps the art of that. Mm. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> I've been saying that I'm, I'm trying to create magical radical artwork for living and dying on a damaged planet. Um, and I think it's kind of aspirational. Um, I don't. I don't really know how how to do that. Um, how to sort of, you know, use in the visual arts realm anyway. Um, but also the sort of you know musical and <laughs> kind of installation work type stuff. You know, how do we how do we how do we how do we remain faithful to what's at hand? You know, so that we're not doing that thing. You know, of uh, I forget who said it, <clears throat> like. De Ortega decorating the slaughterhouse, <laughs> you know? Um, and so I'm really interested lately in sort of what, what the art of grownups might look like, you know? Um, I, 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 I see some folks sitting at the big kids table, you know, making art at the big kids table. And um, I, I, wanna, I wanna sit next to those folks. <laughs> I'm not claiming to be one, you know? Um, but, I, but I am interested in, in in using a kind of visual communication to talk about more than just personal expression, more than just um, decorative kinds of um, approaches, you know, where you sort of make your own kind of sphere sort of beautiful, but it stops there. Well, is there a way to make art where it doesn't just stop there? Um, mm -hmm. Where there's, there's, there's somehow, you know, an impact around these other these other things that that we're kind of grappling with as as artists and so I, I my work lately has been about <clears throat> what things need to die and it turns out a lot of shit needs to die <laughs> and and not die as in be banished and never dealt with again but composted and you know tilled under you know so that we can now maybe have some some fruit eventually that will grow from the kind of conditions that we're cultivating as artists that are making the art of grownups, you know, mm -hmm. there's, some, there's some soil tending that's going on right now. You know, it's not full summer. Mm -hmm. so my work is mapped on nature and I'm in a place where it's, it's going to be blooming, you know, but it's going to take a minute to, 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 to enter into some community around what that might look like. Because one of the things that it needs to look like is that it doesn't happen just in isolation. Right. I'm excited about this, what we're doing. I want to acknowledge that we're having a special um, preemptive episode of Kevin, Can You Not in the background behind you, <laughs> which I... <laughs> entire, it's okay. That's the bonus. It's so good. And so I'll just give context to, to the audience that if you follow Rachel on Instagram, uh, hashtag uh, KCUN, 
is, stands for Kevin Can You Not? And it's Adventures with Rachel's Cat. Thank you. And so it was perfect because it was right around where you were talking about something new is growing and there's life happening. And that's one thing I really appreciate about your work and your art is that, yeah, the more or the something else you're grappling with is, are these large scale collective problems like what the fuck needs to die? But at the same time, there's a personal um, connective quality, you know, that, that there is beauty and there is um, a kind of... Um, relatability, as well as, you know, a, a bit of a bridge, you know, like the beautiful things that you make are so accessible that it makes it transcendent for, I think, more of us when we understand the background, you know, uh, the, the artist statement about where it's coming from. So I like how you have a, a nice, um, a, a, it's not totally populist, but it's a very accessible, approachable and relatable uh, visual communication style. And it's fun. It's fun and it's real, even though we're talking about death and killing capitalism and all of those things, which I love. So thank you. So I, I'd like to ask you a bit about how you see your work helping communities or society to grapple with these large scale cooperation dilemmas like white supremacy, like um, patriarchy, like colonialism, you know, these, these themes keep coming up in your work. So what are you, what are you hoping to do there? Um, I'm hoping to kind of have a sense of like, how did we get, how did it get like this? Hmm. Um, I, I think that there's a way in which, um, especially among sort of like liberal progressive folks, there's a way in which we want to jump into fixes immediately we want to jump to the solution you know and be part of the solution you'd be the change you want to see like all the sort of you know rhetoric um around around positive mindset and this kind of thing and <laughs> i think that i think it's worth noting that it's kind of like they say in aa <laughs> you know our best thinking got us here right you know so there's 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 a way in which i i, I want to um kind of reckon with how, how it got like this before we can say how to fix it, you know? And, and I don't think we can get around that without kind of reckoning with, um, with the advent of whiteness, with, with the way that colonialism has affected modern consciousness, um, with the way that we sort of view the world as this kind of background upon which the human drama unfolds. <laughs> You know, there's this way in which the world's kind of this, we talk about it as natural resources, you know, um, that, that, that it's, you know, um, kind of fodder for, for, for my own evolution, you know. And I think that there's a way that we need to kind of look at how history and how things like the essentialism of Aristotle and the separation of the known thing from the knower of Descartes, like how that has really informed you know, colonialism and expansion and myths of progress and, and how it got like this, you know? And so that's where I, my work is sort of this like kind of, I don't know, it feels very slow and plodding <laughs> to me. You know, there's a lot of like pressing of leaves into paper and waiting, <laughs> you know? And then the next day going, okay, you know? And it's this slow thing and it's about tannins and it's about time you know, and it's about this sort of slowing down. 
um, and, and kind of finding this way of making a treasure of what we have, because it's, it's, it's tenuous, it's really hard to know, you know, um, where it's all gonna end up. And so I'm not so much interested in like solving all the things as opposed to like feeling more um, connected with a, with, a, with a lineage of understanding um, that's going to, I think, result in a, in a sense of there are many things that we need to stop, you know, and, and, and there, are many, there are many beauties in living in those limits of when it's time to stop, when it's time to say no more, no more of this, you know, no more of this, this way of thinking, of this way of pillaging, of this way of, of understanding that there's these other ways of understanding, um, there's others, these other ways of knowing. Um, that are actually very quite ancient and rooted in a, in a place that's not about the future, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I believe in future. I don't actually know if I believe that time works that way. I, I kind of think that we fold into the past. Mm-hmm. There's no future, really, you know. There's this way in which time goes backwards, and we become ancestral. That's the push. The push is towards the past, to be ancestors that are worthy of being claimed, Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if my art communicates that, but that's what's in my mind when I'm working. <laughs> but I live with some of your pieces of art. And of course, because I uh, follow you on social media, I've, I've seen the, the peeling away of the pear leaves and, and that sort of thing. And, I, and so I understand better now the, the draw and the attraction, because I also enjoy kind of, you know, when I am teaching students about intuition, it's like you need to let the cosmos play. You need to invite the universe to collaborate with you and you're going to have this sexy collaboration between you and the universe and you're just going to see what happens instead of trying to always uh, hold your vision, you know? So I I can see the parallel there that as an artist, you're not necessarily trying to claim space for your vision. You're working with the other beings to bring something forward and lift it up. I really appreciate that. Um, So, Beck, you've been working in helping people access more non-ordinary or you could say mysterious states of consciousness with, um, it sounds like pretty multimedia (laughs) approaches for a long time. (laughs) Maybe since we called it multimedia, maybe we don't call it that anymore. It's just art. I don't know much about this, (laughs) but how do you see your work helping people with these large scale societal and cooperation dilemmas how do you what role do you think that plays um and i love what you said about collaborating with the universe that gave me chills um that absolutely um speaks to my heart and that you know i do think that artists have a an attunement to things that maybe not everybody uh are able to pick up kind of like energy or ideas or even perceptions of time, like what Rachel was saying. Um, I don't believe that time is linear and a lot of the learnings that I receive come through um, sort of like a very flexible understanding of time. Um, A lot of the work that I have been doing in the past few years has been really focused on kind of like relational. Um, It's very, again, also very slow um, in its own way and has, kind of more of like a a sense of like reaching an immediate group. So whoever I'm interacting with, whoever I'm connecting with, um, Rachel and I 
have been engaged in conversation leading up to this for days, <laughs> you know, about this and really like exploring these ideas and wrestling with the ideas. And um, I think that when you have care to really tune into people and connect with them, that there's actually a meaningful shift in both parties um, and that it also communicates a learning to others about how to then carry that into their lives and communicate with others. So um, in terms of how that plays out in my artwork, um, that's something where uh, I just kind of take my like natural passion and joy and try to kind of bring that through so that other people are able to connect to it in whatever way is meaningful for them. You know, so in this case, we'll be doing uh, sound work. Um, and really, um, I've had people who have opened up my connection to sound um, and have really just like thrown the doors wide open. I've been a musician all my life and to, um, to kind of undergo a transformation where I'm like, oh, like I'm hearing things I never even thought humans could do. Um, you know, to be able to bring any kind of that to somebody else is really my, my hope. Um, and, you know, it's not, it, it used to be a little bit more ego driven for me. And now it's not about me. It's not about my expression. It's not about my vision. It's just how do I facilitate for others? How do I, um, how do I pass along a seed of inspiration to others so that they may then feel it in their own lives, grow it in their own lives and potentially pass it on to somebody else? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm so excited for that because when you're saying, you know, having been a musician all those years and the doors being blown open of, you know, the doors of perception, just, I mean, I love that feeling. It feels like falling in love when somebody just like kind of blows your mind and suddenly there, there's literally more space for me and my soul to occupy in the world because I just have this broader perception of what is possible for me to perceive. And it, it's, it is a, a little bit of a folding back in on itself of like, whoa, <laughs> this has always been here, but I've only just realized it, but it's always been here, but this is totally new and yet it's totally old. So I'm, I'm very excited <laughs> to, to participate. So I'm curious then for, for you personally, why did you feel drawn to participate in this event, Tending the Threshold, when you were invited? Um, and so when uh when rachel and i first spoke about it i think that we were both very excited um there have been things that we have been exploring individually and then recently we've spent a lot of time together we don't live in the same state but um, we had an opportunity to actually physically be together um for on a number of occasions over the past couple of months and um it's almost been like we've been like workshopping ideas and then this appeared and it was almost kind of, it, it felt like a manifestation of all of the workshopping that we had been doing and um, the sort of the dreaming that we had been working on together. Um, so it just, it felt like a natural fit. It was just like a, yes, like whatever, whatever needs to happen in order to make this possible, um, let's really, let's really try to do it. So um, yeah, for me, it just, it felt like such a, a culmination of all of the things that we've been passionate about. Um, and then when we heard about who the other presenters were and um, really the lens through which the whole conference was going to be presented, it just, the yes just got bigger. Wow, that's so cool. So you guys were dreaming it into being, you, you were already in the sexy collaboration, you were already in the kitchen with the cosmos. And 
now it's just happening. But and Holly came along and was like, "Okay, I'll I'll throw this together." That's fantastic. Literally, like it felt like that. It felt like we were heard. Oh, very much. We were like, someday it's going to be so cool. We're going to like, like I can see us in the future making this offering collaboratively together. We do this sort of, you know, end of life kind of shamanic approach to death care. And I was like, oh, how's May? (laughs) Okay. You know, that's so great. So Rachel, now that it's coalescing and it is becoming tangible and material and very emotional, you know, like I, I, and, and I get, sort of chills and and I feel quite quite touched when I think about the gathering that's happening here with the other co-facilitators it's like oh this is fucking real <laughs> I'm going to meet these people who've shaped my work and my life and some of my spiritual experiences like from afar and and um people that I've only met on the internet that I consider like um friend of my soul like Anamkara right this is like pretty exciting we get to, we're going to see each other in like in real life. And so I'm curious, um, what are you most um, feeling as May approaches and attending the threshold event is becoming real? I, I'm so curious about how our various kinds of, you know, like Beck talked about the lens through which we're, you know, kind of the, that the conference is sort of approaching, um, looking at this work through and, and that's where I'm kind of very interested in the folks that are coming because the, there's a pretty a diverse kind of um, group of folks that have really kind of unique understandings and approaches. Um, and, you know, and Adrienne Marie Brown, right? Like, shout out. Um, it's my little, my little blankie that I carry with me now. Um, you know, she talks about like, <clears throat> What's the conversation? There are these, there are people in the room. What's the conversation that only those people in that room can have? Let's have it. And that's where I'm like, I will buy a ticket to that. (laughs) I want to know that conversation that these people are having. um, That's the one that I want to, that's the one I want to be a part of, or at least be able to listen to and and learn from. Um, People like Bio Okomalape, people like Desiree Attaway, Aftab, like these are, these are, giants for me, you know, without being sort of hierarchical or whatever about it, but like, these are teachers of mine. And so to be able to go and be in the physical presence of, of people that are, um, living into their medicine in these ways that are very, um, clear, you know, and magnetic, and that's, that's really magnetic. And I'm drawn to that. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm just, I feel, I definitely feel like something has me yanked by the collar and is just, you know, pulling me um, towards this kind of work of, of composting and digestion and, you know, talking about things that no one wants to talk about, like death and whiteness and, you know, all these, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, just, I don't even know how much choice I have. I feel like I'm just, you know. Yeah. And, and I, I, what I love too is that none of these facilitators in, in anything that I've ever seen or read or any videos, none of these presenters ever purport to have a solution. (laughs) They're just like, I only have some methods or like an attitude of approach, a quality of approach, a certain kind of etiquette 
in, in how I'm going to, you know, enter and be with, and then I'm just going to be responsive to whatever, um, emerges, you know, so that that's pretty exciting. Well, I can't wait. I can't wait to hang out with you in person. So, um, thank you very much, Rachel and Beck for spending time with us today and, and sharing what you're bringing. Can't wait to do it with you. Thank you. Thanks, Carmen. I'm really excited about it. To find out more about Tending the Threshold and to purchase live or live stream tickets, go to tendingthethreshold.com. And please don't let money be a barrier. Organizers have a solidarity fund that sponsors people with marginalized identities and less financial privilege. If you have need and would like to attend, reach out to tendingthethreshold at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us.